Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shook Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and liberation. We've talked before about how to look at business from a feminine lens or a masculine lens, but today we want to talk about language. A lot of the language you hear in business is from a more masculine framework. Things like killing it, hustle, work hard, play hard, or the grind. So the question is, do we need to change the language to be more authentic in the way we operate our businesses as women? This is a really interesting episode, and I think you're really going to like it. We also have an exciting announcement. Next week on our 50th episode, we're going to be giving the Liberation Lab a whole new look and feel. The Liberation Lab is changing its name to Women in the Business Arena. We're starting a Facebook group to continue our amazing discussions, and we're going to be offering some training and takeaways. You are going to love it. But for today, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with the lovely co-host, Laura Shook-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I know. We're going to dive into a fun topic today, I think, because... You know, we've talked a lot about looking at business through a feminine lens versus a masculine lens. And of course, we bring up sort of these feminine topics a lot. But we thought, well, let's talk about some of the language that's used in business and how much from a masculine framework it comes from. You know, things like killing it and um, the grind and let's master the game and work hard and play hard and suck it up. And, you know, and also terms like the hustle, you know, like there's so many women right now using that they're doing the side hustle or the mom hustle or the, you know, in-between hustle or whatever. In this all this whole idea of pushing and striving and competition. I think this is a really good topic to explore because is this useful for us as women? Can we shift the paradigm we've experienced and would it be more sort of conducive for our success? Yeah. And, you know, thinking about our conversation, Sonia, it's like way back to when we first became friends. I think this was something I enjoyed about our conversations early on was that we did talk about like the power of language um, to create expectations or to construct culture like around women entrepreneurship, women in business. Like, you know, we were already kind of pushing the um, the norm and kind of challenging the, the normative language uh, around business. So here we are much later, few few years later, um, <laughs> kind of revisiting this. And I think it's really interesting because as much as we've been looking at this, I don't know if it's, I mean, women have been kind of bringing attention to this language, but it's still pretty pervasive. And a lot of us are still using it ourselves. Like we're actually still kind of, you know, using that um, terminology to express ourselves or to use it in our copy or content. And I wonder if, um, if by doing so, we are sort of 
continuing the game and continuing this kind of male perspective on business. What do you think? Yeah. Look, I do. I'm actually a big person on language. And I think, you know, it's funny because I get into sometimes these debates on social media, you know, and we, we were going in and I'm like, but language is important. And other people were like, I like this word, you know, for instance, hustle. I just saw recently like a, a post on the word hustle. And it was such a debate on it, like hundreds and hundreds of comments on people who were for the hustle word and people who were against the hustle word. And I don't think it matters whether you're for it or against it, but I think it's what I care more about is that language does perpetuate culture and language does mean something. And either we can keep perpetuating a culture that's already in existence or we can create a new culture. I mean, I think this is sort of what we're looking at. And I think language is a big framework for this. I think a lot of people aren't even conscious that there is a bias there is a masculine versus feminine slant to words. And so they don't even, for them, it's not a big deal because they're they're not aware of how this affects other people. But for a lot of people, we don't like some of these terms. Like, I don't like the idea of hustling. I don't want to hustle in my business ever. <laughs> and I think, you know, this is, it, it, there's a deeper aspect to it. It's not just about the word. It's about the connotation. It's about the feeling. It's about sort of that masculine paradigm around business. So yeah, I think it's actually really important. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of really interesting. I was just having a conversation recently with some women entrepreneurs about like the the mansplaining that often happens in business. And with that is sports analogies. And if you think about hustle, okay, great. You know, I'm happy to hustle on the tennis court or I'm happy to <laughs> hustle at the gym. But no, I don't really think that I have to hustle in my business in that same way. But for men, there's using that analogy of, you know, getting it done and com- competition and pushing themselves and then bringing that into like a performance. But that's really the male perspective on business. It is competition. It is performance. It's a system built by men for men. Mm. And it's worked for them because that's the way that they're, even their biology works. And then there's also the, the um, environmental influence. But what about women? If we were to really create business platforms and a business ethos that fully represents the way we operate, mm. is it a sports analogy? Come right. on. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, like there are, I have some friends that are amazing athletes and they do think in sports and analogies, but for a lot of women, that's not actually the natural way of bringing their way of being into the arena of business, as you say. You yes, know? exactly. And I think, you know, we, we, we oftentimes, I don't know how often we've explained this, but you know, there is a spectrum, like we're all on a spectrum. We all have masculine and feminine, you know, but we're on a spectrum and a lot more women are on sort of the feminine spectrum, but there are women who are on the masculine spectrum naturally. And they oftentimes do flow easily into sort of these more competitive sports, masculine paradigms. And for them, it works. But for the women on the feminine side, this is, I think, who we're talking to and who, what we're looking at is they don't fit into those, those archetypes and those ideas and those concepts. And I know for me, if I'm killing it or I'm hustling, I'm going to, I'm going to totally deplete myself. I'm going to be on the floor dying because I'm so depleted and exhausted and overwhelmed that I'm not going to be able to function energetically because there's no balance. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know even for myself, like 
like recently I've had to sort of move out of some mentorship that I was having because I felt like for me, the whole concept around that sort of masculine, like push it, go. If you're not going and really hustling and working hard, then, you know, you're not doing it right or you're not good enough or you don't really want it. You know, so there's this sort of concept. But the truth is, is that for me, if I'm pushing myself, what ends up happening is that then I have to recover. And that whole process of pushing and recovering, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't help my business. It makes me lose momentum. Like I need a more steady balance and a more steady pace. I'm kind of a slow and steady girl. And I think that is more feminine in general, more stabilized. But so many women are pushing themselves, hustling, you know, mastering the game, you know, going beyond what is a natural sort of energetic level for them, trying to compete, that then they have to recover or they burn out completely. And it's just, it's not conducive to our success. Yeah, and the power of language to shape how we think and react uh, to these different words. You know, I was thinking even just people are often not aware of how language marginalizes or how it dismisses or how it excludes. And, you know, and when people bring language to your attention, sometimes they're like, hey, that that actually is racist or that's sexist. You know, and a lot of people are like, what? Like, I've used this term all my life. Like, what are you talking about? People don't always have the intention to hurt or exclude, but we do have to be mindful of that feedback when someone says, wow, when you use that word, when you're using that language, it excludes me from the conversation. And it's not a word that feels inclusive and feels like it's inviting me in. And I think that for a lot of, you know, for women, we've appropriated language. We've just uh, are, like adopted the male language because mm. we've wanted to fit in and we've wanted to be able to just play the game, master the skills of the game. And hey, I get that. And if I was in corporate culture, if I was in a place where I had to play that game, then maybe I would keep learning how to speak that language. I luckily I'm not. And I get to be more creative with my language and more intentional with, if I'm creating a business, what language am I going to use for myself? What language am I going to use for my staff? What is that cultural expectation ethos that I'm creating? And if it's inclusivity, if it's being able to use language that's more, I'd say, applicable to larger groups, and this goes back to something we've learned in research, that when women create other opportunities, they are more inclusive opportunities. So I just kind of, you know, I'm excited about women recreating the business arena or or kind of, you know, creating a new system because I think we're going to create a system. It's like built by women for men and women and all people along the spectrum of gender because women are, are tend to use language already that is more inclusive if we are, um, given that permission to do so and giving ourselves permission to step out of that box and just start saying, Hey, you know, I don't like, for example, something that we do a lot in here is I love when you say, let me, you know, um, split hairs on that, or let me like pull threads out. Okay. That's the feminine version in my opinion of let's unpack that. Okay, guys, let's unpack it. You know, <laughs> like that really like masculine, like, let me take it and like take each little thing out and we're going to rationally put it, you know, where the feminine is like, let's pull that thread. Like, let's look <laughs> and let's see how that affects that. And that's how, you know, and it really is like a different way of being with information. Yes. So I yes. just think that 
Mm -hmm. So powerful, the language piece. I think so too. And I think, you know, like I said, partly because women have sort of had to just put up with the masculine wording and the masculine language up to this point, you know, and I think we're going to have to make a change. And I know like some people still believe you should even be playing the game in corporate, which I actually disagree because I even think if we're going to shift to corporate, we have to stop playing the game, you know, like all across the board, we have to stop playing the game and we have to shift and change our language. But, you know, I think I'm, I'm often bringing up my husband who I'm always throwing under the bus. I love you, honey. Um, and, you know, cause I'm always sort of bringing him up on things he just doesn't think about. Like He'll be, you know, he's a, he's a great leader and he's a great um, team manager. And so he often works with teams and he'll of course do things like, Hey guys. And I'm like, no, no. Is it a mixed group? Yes. Okay. No, don't say, (laughs) Hey guys. Right. But there's not even like a thinking around that. It's like, and a lot of women are like, well, I'm not bothered by being called a guy. Well, that's great. I get it because we've put up with it for so long, but in a mixed group, I don't want to be called a guy. You know, and I think that this is a really important piece is that we need to begin to to really look at some of the language that we've just take for granted. You know, you would never walk into a room of mixed company and say, hey, gals, or hey, mm-hmm. girls, right? The men would yeah. be absolutely in, enraged yeah. by that. Yeah. Yeah. We're They'd be like, to put up you it. just popped into the wrong room because obviously you don't see me sitting here. Yeah. They would instantly notice. Well, I mean, that is one of the one of the proponents for why we use in Texas the word y'all. That just really captures it. I think that should be an international word. <laughs> <laughs> y'all. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Gals and girls, we got it. I mean, gals had to listen to me, gals and guys. Um, but yes, it's so true. Like this language that we don't even, it's so ingrained. And you know, we don't actually think about, okay, another example. I love it as we're talking. Um, there's a, a podcast, um, Stuff My Mom Never, oh, yeah, Stuff podcast. Mom Never Told You. That yeah. one's cute, right? So there's yeah. a funny, and they did one about um, where people are not, like when you want to call somebody out on something because they're not using inclusive language or they're saying something racist or saying something mar- to marginalize you. And, but I love that they said, well, actually, isn't the more inclusive language here, wouldn't it be to call someone in, right? You're calling them in. Like that's a masculine thing to call people out because yeah. it's, it's them out of the tribe. It's embarrassing them. It's mm. shaming them, right? That's For like really using good. the wrong language. So they're like, so let's call you in, like come closer, sit down, like let's talk about <sighs> why that language is um, hurting my feelings or why it's inappropriate or mm. exclusive, right? Yeah. So this is even like a calling in the language around business. Like yeah. why don't we just all sit down right now? No judgment, no shame. But think about the language that we're using with our teams, the language that we're using in our own inner dialogue. Yeah. Like are we telling ourselves to keep pushing it. Come on. You just have to push it. You just have to keep going. You just have to hustle. You just have to, you know, kill it, get it done. If that's the internal dialogue and it's not working for you, then what if you look at a different way of speaking to yourself and to those people around you? Exactly. I think that's that's so great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're calling all of you in. Let's just, let's have a little chat, like a round of fire. I just feel yeah. like, let's just like drink some some tea, some chai. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's really important. And I, and I love that you sort of brought up the inner dialogue because I think, you know, I'm pretty conscious with the wording I use and, you know, sometimes it still slips out these sort of masculine terms. So I'm as, you know, I totally do that as well. But I think inner dialogue wise, I have a lot more of it right? Even though I'm conscious sometimes of what comes out of my mouth, I have these running things from my father, from the experiences I've had from being in masculine business for a long, long time, you know, that these things are still running me, you know? And so it's really being conscious, where is that inner dialogue? And you know, it's it's not so much about the words. It's about the connotation. It's about the motivation. See, the trouble I have with things like hustle or killing it or mastering the game or the grind is that they're all very, um, what's the word, like aggressive. They're mm-hmm. all very pushing. They're not respectful and honoring of our bodies. They're not honoring of our energy. You know, why do I have to kill it? Why can't I just succeed? You know, why do I have to hustle? Why can't I go in a flow? You know, there's this, there's these ways that in, in, it's not just the language itself or the word itself, the word has a meaning and that meaning has a connotation and that connotation moves us in a direction. And I don't want to move in the direction of aggression. I don't want to move in the direction of pushing my body or my mind or my soul beyond where it wants to go. And I think that, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but I know for me, and I see this with my clients as well, energy management becomes a big topic, you know, around women in business because most of us are exhausting ourselves because we're trying to operate in a way that's misaligned with who we are. We're trying to push ourselves beyond a point. Now, you know, maybe a man or the people in my life that I know, some of the men, they don't need to stop and rest. They don't need a day of rest. They can just keep pushing forever and that somehow fulfills them, but that doesn't fulfill me. And the more I push, the more I have to recover and I lose time and that recovery. Whereas when I find that I'm, I'm creating more of an energy balance and I'm, you know, moving in a flow, well, then I don't have to recover. So I don't have to stop in a way like, Mm, you know, there's a a better balance there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've had some conversations recently with men who've left that culture um, and they're going into business for themselves and it's really important to them that they don't recreate it but they say, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to come from that culture and know that it burnt me out. And then I'm trying to launch my new startup. But then there's this startup culture that's still embracing it, even though it's what I left and I thought I was going to escape. So I've had some really interesting conversations there with, and a lot of that is validating and just confirming that yes, like anything we've been entrenched in takes some time and intentionality to extract ourselves out of. And so at first we are going to create patterns that maybe were similar, but it's again, having that, that insight and that awareness to go, wait a minute, do I really need, like, this is my business. Do I really need to be working 80 hours this week? Because I do have this pressure to get this done, but do I want to keep operating in the same way? And I think it's really good that men and women are both looking at these um, kind of, I think, outdated, unhealthy ways of work that is still very dominant in our culture, but there's enough people unfortunately getting sick, but fortunately starting to understand that this unhealthy way of being is something that we need to change. And I think women are leading it by bringing in the feminine. That is the, the balance that we've spoken about so many times. You need 
energy that moves you forward like that masculine energy, but you need the feminine to be able to really balance it out. And women on leadership teams really contributing their wisdom and their expertise and their know-how is actually bringing a more balanced way of working. Yeah. And so just by like having this conversation today, I'm hoping like, okay, like, are we just, just breathing into the world, like more permission, more opportunity for women to, to claim the words that work for them and to pause the next time they have that inner voice telling them to just keep pushing, to keep succeeding, to keep doing things the way that some unknown voice in their head says, like, this is the way that it, that has to be done. Like, right. The years of conditioning that we've received. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's just, it's really interesting as you begin to look like contemplate this whole idea and look at the culture and the world and look at how am I doing this in myself and, and begin to see, am I pushing myself too hard? Like, what does that look like? I mean, I think part of the, the whole concept with a lot of sort of these masculine words is it's about, it, it leads to busyness and overworking and, you know, there's the imbalances in that pushing. And one of the things that we've talked about before is, is, you know, again, we all have masculine and feminine and the masculine is sort of our movement, right? It is our ability to get up and, and do something. It is our doer. And the feminine is our beer. And if we're coming mm-hmm. from that feminine space, then what happens is we're able to decide from wisdom, what do we do? Whereas yeah. when we're coming strictly from the masculine, it's like there's an idea about what we should do. And we're not necessarily taking it all in. We're not looking at, is this actually what is best for myself, for what I want to create, for where I'm going. There's not the wisdom. It's usually just a rushing past that wisdom, running over that wisdom in order to just do. And then this is where we get into the pieces where things are not simple. They're not streamlined. We're running multiple businesses. We're running multiple programs where, you know, it's like, this is all sort of the, the indoctrination we've had. We're running the side hustle and we're also working full time, which, you know, nothing's wrong with all of these things. You know, a lot of people are working a full-time job. I have lots of clients who are doing that and they want to run a business so they have more freedom. So they do have to have a side hustle for a while. Like it is, it is what they're doing to create that stability. But I think glorifying the side hustle and, you know, the way that we talk about things, like they don't want to be there. They don't want to be hustling. It's just, that's the situation they're in for now. And, and we're working to, to re- rectify that or shift that or change that. But I think we've just got to start to really be more aware and more conscious of what we're contributing to the culture of business and, you know, through our language and through the ways that we're acting and being. Yeah. 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 And of course, like I'm thinking, and what would we say besides hustle? Like, what are we trying to do? And often like for a side hustle. And so often, you know, the reason there's a side hustle is there's something going on in your life that takes a lot of your energy. You have some sort of obligation or responsibility to, and you're trying to move away from that and be able to give more attention to something you're building. So it's like, that is your side expression. That's your side dreaming. That's your side, like coming back to yourself. I don't know, but it just feels like it should be such a more positive word. Right. And, and, and yes, if it feels really pinched because of the time constraints and the, all of that, there, there can be speaking to that be like, Oh, you know, it's challenging to hold 
all of my primary responsibilities and have this side expression of creativity that I'm working on. You know, so how do we talk about as a society? Why is that the case? Why is it so hard for women to really have that ability to self-express where men don't have to apologize as often or feel guilty for taking on things that are a passion project or even taking their career into that next level. I've been thinking that a lot because I've had to make some decisions lately because I've been invited to speak at some opportunities I would have loved to have spoken at, but it was in conflict with things that were really important to my children. Mm -hmm. And there've been some opportunities where I could have, yeah, taken on more responsibility with the project, but I've had to say, no, I really have this stuff going on with my kids. And right now I do have, this is a time where one of my children has some more medical conditions. She needs me. And then my son is small and he's got all these little things happening and he's Mm -hmm. transitioning school soon. And, and just knowing that I've had to look at all of those different things and make decisions and, I see those career opportunities that I'm saying, I'm going to be patient and wait for that next opportunity where I don't see a lot of men have to make that choice. They will push themselves or they will do the hustle or they will get that thing in there. And they'll say to their partner, like, Hey, I just have to do this for my promotion. I just have to do this for my career. Can you please take the kids? But guess what? My husband would take the kids, but right now when my daughter looks at me in the eye and says, mom, I need you, (laughs) you know, I know, (laughs) (laughs) right. It's got like these different dynamics that women face because we've been the, the hearth of our home, the heart Mm -hmm. of our home and our children, even though you and I have very loving, committed husbands, like there's still things that we are as decisions and choices that we are asked to make that I feel like often men can just push. They can literally push themselves further and just let someone else pick up those things where we are often not able to do so. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a whole thread there really, you know, because I think, (laughs) you know, there is a justification that men get that women don't like there's a, it's like they have a trump card that basically says I'm the man or I'm the breadwinner. Even if you have a business that's making more than them. Like, it's like, you know, there's, there's something in that indoctrination that allows men to sort of trump women. And you see it all the time. I see constantly, like I'm working all the time with women you know, and their partners, sometimes I even have conversations with their partners, but you know, it's like a woman's business is never as viable, no matter what she's making or what's happening than the man's job or the man's Mm -hmm. business. And so it's like, like there's this really interesting sort of perspective that comes along where just because we're women and we're operating a business you know, we're still not the breadwinner, even if we're making more money. Like, I think there's this, it's just a really interesting thing that we have to face. And because of that, we we are often handling still more obligation, more responsibility, you know, more things than the men in our lives are handling. And so then because of that, it makes it really hard to side hustle or makes it really hard to kill it. You know, it's like I, I, you know, I've been in groups with a lot of men or singles or, you know, people in business who, yeah, they're able to kill it. They're able to work 50 hours a week. They're like, you know, I can't, like I have to pick up kids at school some days. Like I can't stay up till midnight because I've got to get up at 7am with the baby. Like, you know, it's, you know, there's a whole sort of thing that happens that, 
you know, we don't have the luxury of working 24 seven to kill it, you know, or of like, and, and so not only do we not have the luxury of doing that, the more we push ourselves, the more exhausted we are, then the less we can be as parents. Like I know if I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm a mess the next day for, for my clients and my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And so what it brings me to this thought of I've had before is like the problem with so many, this kind of this sort of dialogue around men can do this, the hustle and women can't is that, okay, women can, if we choose to be like men. And then that's where I'm like, okay, I'm refusing to participate in the broken system because even though men have been able to do it, it's been at the cost of other things, which have been the women in their lives and the children in their lives. And it's a broken system and it doesn't work. And I don't want to just be given the power to operate well within a broken system. Like I want us to learn from that and then realize that it's actually unhealthy for the men. It's unhealthy for us. And like, how do we start thinking about the way we operate in the world and in business so that those things become more of a, like, again, a holistic approach to business. So I'm actually able to honor my body's needs and I'm actually able to be with my family when I need to be with my family. And there's, there are some countries that have done some really amazing work on this. Like Denmark is one of those that has like a really high happiness index. When you, there's been research on couples and how they do division of labor, their ability to have their career and have time with their family is really high because there's so much societal support there with, you know, affordable childcare and all sorts of different, just cultural expectations that you walk out of the door at five and you go home and you go home and have dinner. And so there's a lot of things that this brings up for me too. And I want the listeners to know where I stand in that way is that I am in no way advocating that I want more permission to be able to do it because then yeah. like the mid man. No. <laughs> well, I want none of us to be doing that level of damage yes. to our mind, body, and souls. <laughs> yes, so true. And and I think, you know, it's interesting because in some of these sort of debates I've seen around the word hustle, for instance, you know, what I've noticed is that a lot of the women who are for hustle are newer in the game, right? They're, they haven't yet depleted themselves. They haven't yet gotten to the exhaustion point. They're excited right now about their business. And for them, it's a hustle and they love hustling and it's fun. The people who are against hustle are the ones who've already gotten burnt out. They're the ones who did the hustle and completely destroy their lives in one way or the other. You know, so it's interesting to see from that point of view that a lot of us who've done the hustle and completely found exhaustion, depletion, burned out, burnout from it, you know, we're definitely less uh, an advocate of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I think, you know, true. it comes with wisdom and experience as well, but you're right. Like I don't ever want the hustle. I don't ever want to kill it. I don't ever want to just get it done. Like, you know, for me, I want it to mean something. I want everything to feel good. You know, it doesn't mean that I won't push through uncomfortable things. You know, everything doesn't literally feel good, but it's like, it needs to be aligned with where I want to go and who I want to be and how I want to operate. Like, you know, I noticed for myself, you know, recently sort of in uh, mid last year, I started taking some programs and some mentorships because I always love having mentors. And I found that in the environment, it was great because I got to see a different perspective. And But I really started pushing myself. And I realized, you know, yeah, I pushed through a few barriers and there was some really good to that. But what ended up happening is I started to keep pushing myself for the sake of pushing myself. It was like I was rushing too fast. I could feel in myself how I was like really like, okay, I'm on a mission. I'm going to create this. Let's go. These are my goals. 
And recently, like over the last month, I really realized like, I want to slow down. Like I don't need, I don't even know if I ever want to create these long-term goals, right? Like I, I just want to slow down right now. Here's the next level of the goal that I want to get to. Let's just go for that. Let's just yeah. find that balance. Let's flow for a while. Let's go with that goal. And I think, you know, we don't realize how it's so programmed that sometimes we just end up being these robots. These, it's like it's on automatic where all of a sudden we're pushing ourselves and all of a sudden we're in this flow of push and aggression and hustle and killing it. And yeah, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to, you know, like we get into these places where, and then we, we don't, we have to step back and say, do I even really want any of that? <laughs> What do I really want? Yes. Yes. I think there is a little bit of that success treadmill (laughs) that we kind of get on and you just start running it and it's this automatic thing. Because I've even um, noticed like the admiration I feel for really successful people that I see visibly slow down. I love it. I love when I see them do that because I see like, whoa, I know how hard that is for them to have all this visibility because a lot of times it's being very visible on social media, having a lot of responsibility. And then you just see them take a stand and say, you know what, this isn't really the best thing for me right now, for my health or for my family. Like I'm just pausing, I'm slowing down. You might not see as much of me. I might not be as active on social media. That doesn't mean I'm gone, but I just need this time or like I need, you know, to unplug for a little bit. It's like, there's nothing that feels more inspiring to me than that because I know how hard that success treadmill is when you're on it and you just want to keep going and keep going and keep going. But, and there's a little bit of that, that you get, I know you're just unconscious that you're actually going on this path that no longer is really serving you, that it's okay. Because we have fear of that FOMO. We have fear of missing out. Even the successful leaders are afraid that if they stop for a moment, then they're becoming irrelevant tomorrow. You know, yeah, and that's in some cases it's real. Like in some places of your, depending on what their, you know, what they have, what their job is, it can become really scary to step out of um, the media or out of any kind of public presence. But for a lot of us that are leading teams or building new systems, like it's our team that we want to stay in connection with to be like, hey, I'm not leaving you, I'm not abandoning you, but I need to unplug. I need to step out of this position to slow down. And that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of um, confidence, I think, in yourself to be able to do that and not be afraid that you're going to somehow get, I don't know, miss something, right? Yeah. No, it is really hard. And I don't think it's just the, I mean, I think there is somewhat that you're going to miss something. And I also think somewhat of it is there is, in slowing down, there is some indoctrination around failure. Like, well, you're not successful enough. You're not good enough if you can't keep going. You know, and I, so I think there's this, you know, sort of this indoctrination, this masculine paradigm, the masculine language, all of this adds to these feelings that we're somehow going to disappoint someone if we slow down. Like we're going to yeah. somehow you know, like not be successful, lose, uh, fall behind, not be competitive. There's all these things that come up for us. And and then they're reinforced by a lot of these sort of masculine terms. And a lot of men are are harsh when a woman decides to slow down because they're Mm -hmm. like, well, what's wrong with you? Well, obviously this is an issue you have. 
right? Like, you know, if yeah. you, if you just don't keep going, well, why wouldn't you want to get to a higher goal? Like, obviously yeah. you're hitting an issue and you just don't have what it takes. Like there's a, you know, there's all this stuff that happens and it's built in, you know, as women, we've heard it over and over and over and over again. So even if we don't think that way consciously, a lot of times it's built into our system. And like I said, I didn't really realize I was on a success treadmill until I started being like, I am way unbalanced energetically. Like what is going on with me? And it was hard. It's hard to go your own way. It's hard Mm -hmm. to, to be like, okay, this is a hard decision for me, but I have to do what's right for me. And I just want to slow down. Like, that's what it feels better. Like, I don't want to be on the treadmill. Like I want to be more deliberate, you know? And so I think, and as mentors or as leaders, we also have to think about what are we doing with the people around us? Like I know in my group program, you know, in my, in my um, coaching program, I want to make sure I'm helping people to keep moving because, you know, that's really important and that's great, but that I'm also valuing the slowdown and the balance. So some people I might say, don't do anything this week. Like you actually need a break, like go and like be with yourself and, you know, relax and have fun. Like don't work. And then other times, you know, it's like, yeah, keep going. But I think we have to be conscious as well that our example and also what we influence or what we encourage or teach needs to be respectful of that balance. And that's why I, for myself, have a challenge with sort of male mentors or masculine mentors because they they tend to push towards success and they don't really understand the value of balance or the value of slowing down or the value of resting. It's like, it's all about that, you know, next goal. And, um, yeah. and for me, it's not, it's about the balance. I still want to achieve all my goals, but if I get there and I'm exhausted, what's the point? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. This is so good. And it makes me think, you know, is it again, like the sports analogy of like men come back to you when you're on the bench and like you're exhausted and you're about to give up and then they use the coaching, like, okay, just get back in the game. Like yeah. it's almost over, you know? And it's this belief that there is this end goal that's about to happen and you're about to achieve it. And if you'll just keep going and you'll just spend out every piece of energy you have left, you're going to win it. And then it's going to be awesome. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Life is a series of those moments. And like, we can't keep spending out all of our energy for one win no. because then there's nothing left to play with. And you've got to keep creating like a sustain, a sustainable way of having your energy flow. And I love how, you know, you're noticing that in your own life. Like, oh my gosh, I saw myself like speeding up and getting caught up, you know, and that just going, going, going. And this comes back to language. Like this whole point of this conversation is that because of the ways that we use these terminologies, we are, in my opinion, glorifying that grind. Yes. Because we make the language, the normative dialogue. We say, let's just get out there and kill you know, kill it. And let's do the hustle, all of those things, you know, let's, um, yeah, let's unpack it. Just all these different, like (laughs) that one's not as much of a killing it, but it's just this way of thinking about things that are then glorifying that way of being, which we know is not a sustainable way for anyone, yes, man or woman to live and to be. So uh, I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation about language because I think it's an overlooked or, you know, sometimes misunderstood variable that plays such an important part. 
I so yeah. agree. And I think, you know, we have to start to redefine a lot of things. You know, we need to redefine what success means, what getting to our goals means. Like, you know, it really is so much about the journey and not the end goal, you know, but that's the feminine. Like, you know, we're, it's, we're about being through the process, learning and growing through the process and the motion of it and the feeling of it. You know, it's like how sad, I, I don't know how everybody else feels, but I don't, it's like reaching a goal is like this tiny, little satisfaction, right? It's like this little, little hit, you know, and then it's gone. So it's like, you need the next goal. If I'm not enjoying the journey and I'm just waiting for each little hit, I mean, that's kind of like an addiction, right? Like, you know, it's like, (laughs) just get me to that next hit, man. You know, like, and I think we, you know, we need to begin to redefine and look at our lives in terms of, you know, as we're operating a business, as we're journeying through this business, you know, what do we want to define it as? How do we want to feel? What do we want to experience? Do we really want to hustle? Do we want to master the game? Do we want to work hard and play hard? Well, no, I don't. You know, maybe you do, but I don't. You know, I really want to be able to balance. I want to have high impact, but I also want to take care of myself. You know, I want to find that I'm able to sustain my momentum and sustain my performance, you know, and mm-hmm. have a sustainable business as well, not go up and down. And, you know, I have a lot of momentum and then I slow down my momentum because I have to recover. And like, there's this, you know, it's this horrible place that we go because we think we have to, because it's a, it's just what has been designed into the system. And, you know, we're telling you, you don't, you don't have to do that. You don't have to hustle. You don't have to master the game. You can change the terms. Yes. Yes. We can completely change the terms. And that's what I love about being an entrepreneur. And I think that that's, what's amazing about supporting women, own and operated businesses because we have the power to recreate a system within it. It's a microculture that you're creating in your business. And yes, you have this dominant culture around you and it's going to push back and it's going to want you to glorify it, but you can choose to do it differently and to do it in a way that really serves you and your team and what you're wanting to bring more of in the world. And that's what I think is so just beautiful and powerful about being an entrepreneur. It, you know, it, the word entrepreneur is to bear the burden. And I think that we are all bearing the burden, the weight of bringing change into business. And like women entrepreneurship is a big responsibility. So it's so important that we take care of ourselves and that we support one another and that we have sustainable ways of working with our energy because it's a big thing that we're doing in the world. This is a beautiful thing that we're birthing. It's a whole new system we're hoping, right? Yes. Yes. And I think that says it all. So I think we should just finish (laughs) right there. So thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.